Welcome to the special edition of On Point with Rachel Turkman. My friends, our nation is in turmoil. Our nation is mourning. Our world, for that matter, is mourning. What's going on is horrible. Each and every one of you by now has witnessed the murder, the cold-blooded murder of George Floyd. This has been an abomination to human rights. Joining us today is somebody very, very important my professor, former professor from FIU. He's a veteran. He's a, an amazing individual. He's an author. He's an historian. He's a naval commander. And I love him with all my heart. Dr. Dunn, thank you so much for accepting my invitation in such short notice, sir. God bless you. My pleasure to be with you. And you were a great student. Thank you. Glad to hear that. Dr. Dunn, as you know, I am a student of nonviolence, conflict conciliation. I had the pleasure of working with uh, Dr. King's cabinet, they came down, they trained me on nonviolence, and I truly believe in the principles and the steps that I learned through his school. Violence will never give you nonviolence. Nonviolence is the antidote to violence, and that's why we are outraged and we have the right to protest, but peacefully, not in a violent manner. On uh, that, yes, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, on that note, I want to hear your opinion what I just said. Well, Dr. King said privately that uh, the movement needed bloodshed. He said, unless blood was shed, white people would never pay attention. So even though, of course, he abhorred bloodshed and violence, he knew that the only way to get the television cameras there was for somebody to die. So martyrdom became a part of the movement. It was what moved the society forward. Martyrdom with the four black girls who were bombed to death in Birmingham. Martyrdom and the civil rights workers who were lynched in Mississippi. Martyrdom in, in, uh, in, in Emmett Till. And martyrdom in King himself. So King believed that these kinds of steps were necessary to move the society forward in great steps. Yes, yes. And so for that to happen, it was not enough, Rachel for black America to be outraged. Something had to happen that outraged white America. Mm -hmm. And this did that. They weren't outraged about Trayvon Martin. They weren't outraged about any of the other, others that came before this moment, before this victim. But when white Americans in Kansas, in Idaho, in Wisconsin, in Michigan, saw a white police officer committing what I think is first-degree murder in broad daylight with a man begging for his mama. White America said even that is a, 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 a bridge too far. Absolutely. That's where we are at this moment. White America is enraged as it rarely is. And rightfully so. Dr. King always wanted to do with nonviolence, and he effectuated change from the streets. I can vote today because of him. We are not, no longer segregated as well. Now, getting back to George Floyd and the horrible murder that we witnessed on television and all over our nation, I would like you to take us back, Dr. Marvin Dunn, to the 1980 riots. 
and compare between what happened then, what is happening now, and the differences and similarities. Rachel, these are not riots. What's happening today are protests. In riots, you have people setting out to kill other people. That is what happened in Miami in 1980. The intent was not to send a message except total anger uh, that was beyond uh, uh, restraint. That's not what's happening now. The people who are out in the streets tonight, uh, at this time in Miami and other places, are not trying to kill anybody. They're trying to send a message. Absolutely. And that message, as we all now know, is being diluted, being diverted by two opposite opposing forces. You have Antifa out there doing what they do, flocking to these kinds of events, urging people on to commit acts that people are not inclined to do. And then you have most, most, most honestly, police officers, white police officers donning gas masks and hammers and umbrellas to, to ward off the, the rubber bullets and going out with a hammer, walking down the street, knocking out glass, just to extend the appearance of the, of, of the damage. These people are dangerous. They want America to believe that black people are out, out, out of control. Rachel. So they, they these are haters, these agitators. No one can describe them. What exactly is their goal, Dr. Dunn? These they want race war. They want race war. What they want to do is to rile up black America, urban black America, so much that urban black America will be out of control and the government will have to come in and squash riots all over this country. That will scare white people into the Trump corner, into the Republican corner, into the conservative corner. That's what they want. That's why these officers, police officers are out there, white police officers, damaging the community and blaming it or having it appear to be the blame of black people because they want race war. Trump needs race war, or he fears he will lose this election. That's what this is all about. Antifa is out there, yes, I've seen them. And I, they, in my view, they're terrible because they're doing the same thing for other ends, for their own ends. But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's different it's about it's what are the point is. What? It's, a, it's an evil call. I mean, it's a, these are domestic terrorists. But in light of this, let me ask you another question. Our local officials, especially in Miami-Dade County, our police, I think, personally, they have done a fantastic job in Miami-Dade County. And I want to commend, of course, Miami-Dade County Police Director Freddie Ramirez, City of Miami Police Chief, Chief Colina, our mayor mm -hmm. from Miami Suarez. I think, in my opinion, Dr. Dunn, they have done a fantastic job. What's your opinion? I've seen law enforcement in Miami-Dade County and in the city of Miami at its worst. Yes, you have. I've seen them at their worst. They are better. They are better. I'm proud of the police department in the city of Miami and Miami-Dade County for how they have exhibited professionalism and restraint in the light not of the protesters who are innocent, who are who are, who are nonviolent, but they have exhibited restraint in the face of these people from Antifa. 
And these yeah. other people on the other end who are creating the, the kind of terror that is disowned by most people who are out there demonstrating. Absolutely. And so how do you right now in this turmoil, we have COVID-19, we have almost 40 million plus people unemployed. Uh, we have our children studying out of their homes. Some parents can't even go back when they get, could get their jobs back. I mean, right now our nation is in turmoil. Yes. How important is presidential leadership at this time, Dr. Dunn, in your view? The problem is the president is incompetent. Is it what? I'm sorry. The president is incompetent. Okay. He has a pandemic. He has an economic collapse. And now he has civil unrest in the streets of this, of this nation. And he is ill-equipped professionally, emotionally, or in, or in any other way to handle this. We need a president right now. I don't care if right now, if it's a Republican or a Democratic president, we need a president who can bring us together. George Bush did that after 9-11. I didn't love Bush, but he did that. Ronald Reagan did that. This man is incompetent of feeling anything except narcissism. What I, what, I, what I feel in my heart, Dr. Dunn, is that we need leadership. We need to bring all our stakeholders together, mobilize all of our stakeholders, and also mobilize the grassroots so that we can come together in unified action to effectuate positive change. And we can do it. We can institutionalize good rules and good policies, and we could effectuate the change. What do you think about this movement that we're seeing? And I personally like and I love it. The millennials, I see African-American millennials, I see Anglo millennials, I see Asian millennials all coming together. I see the elderly all coming together in the name of peace, in the name of righteousness, and in the name of justice. What are your thoughts on that, Dr. Dunn? I don't trust it worth a crap. Because I know Americans. Once the television cameras go away, once the reporters stop writing about these things, America goes to sleep again. If this country could dismiss in a matter of weeks the murder of elementary school children in their classrooms and move on so that we're still debating whether or not someone should be able to have an assault weapon uh, in his or her hands, this country is resistant to significant change. So I don't trust the bluster of, uh, you know, well, let's all come together. What we need to do, let me be frank with you about this. What we need to do is elect Joe Biden. We need to elect someone who can bring this nation together. Look at what Trump did. He goes and has a photo op uh, uh, at a church in Washington, D.C., and has armed American troops assaulting peaceable American citizens demonstrating as they have a right to do. And there's Biden inside a black church talking to the people. We need a president with heart. I don't give a damn if he's a Republican. I could bear that if he had feelings. This man has nothing of the sort. What are the leading qualities that you seem to like in, in uh, Vice President Biden? Oh, oh, that's easy. I trust the man. He's honest. If he says something, I believe him. I don't think he has an agenda to get rich. I trust him. If he says something, I believe him. And that is what every American needs in a president. 
This fool we got now, you don't know what the hell to believe that comes out of his mouth. So yes, I don't care if Biden stumbles here or there and loses a thought. I don't care. He's 77 years old. But he's honest. He has a heart. He will get this country re-engaged with the world. He will save this planet. Oh, yeah. What are we done? Bringing it back to our stakeholders, to our leaders. I do have faith in our in our community. I do have faith in the stakeholders. I do feel that now, with the atrocious, horrible, cold-blooded death, like I mentioned earlier, of George Floyd, we are outraged and we are outraged together. There is no color, there is no race, there is no religion. All of us, as human beings that we are, we are outraged. Talking about children, let me switch over to children. Thank God my daughter's older. She studied a lot. She's a graduate from the Honors College at FIU. You will be very That's proud right. of her, Dr. Dunn. She's an amazing That's scholar. Right. She's getting her master's right now in Israel on, on international relations, on diplomacy, on security. So she's big now and she can formulate her thoughts like mm. you have taught us. I'm one, of, I'm one of your students and you taught us how to think independently. And you have taught us how to listen to different opinions. And it's okay to disagree. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing. On that note, how do you feel that like younger younger people uh, that have kids that are six years old and five years old that have witnessed this atrocious murdering, if you will, of George Floyd, how can we as parents, as community leaders, tell our children or our grandchildren and explain to them what has just happened? I really wish you hadn't asked me that question. I really do. What I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I wish you had not asked me that question. Oh, oh really? Okay. I want your I have, honest answer because you know oh, how to be honest. Oh, oh. I have grandchildren. They've seen this. I've not seen them because of the virus. I'm, but what am I supposed to tell them? They think that Papa is a community leader. And they've seen a police officer commit murder in real time. I don't know what the hell to tell my grandchildren. I honestly do not. So I can't tell anybody else what to tell theirs. I don't, I don't, I'm against the wall on this. This president, this, this event and the aftermath of it in terms of the lack of leadership and resolution towards justice and all of that, uh, that my children, my grandchildren see uh, happening is inexplicable, except, except to explain to them that this is the strongest country in the world. We're not coming apart. We're not rioting. We're protesting as we have a right to do. And once we do the effective political change legally through the system and remove this president and all of the people who have supported him in this White House from power and put in a thinking, sensitive, heart-felt president who can who can talk to us, yeah. we're gonna be uh, in deep trouble. At this time, I wanna thank our advertisers, the Jose Mental Foundation, Anna Vega Milton, we love you. Thank you for all the altruistic work you do through our community, you have a heart of gold. Anna Vega Milton with the Jose Mental Foundation. Also, Jackson Health Foundation, I love you all. One of the best hospitals, I'm sure you will agree with me, Dr. Dunn, one of the best hospitals, Jackson Health Foundation, Jackson Health Systems, in the nation. We thank you for all of your altruistic work as well. 
Thank you for advertising on Uncle Rachel Turgeman. Of course, Mike Minaval, he's an amazing local and international attorney running to be a candidate for judge. Thank you for your support. Thank you for advertising, Mike Minaval. And of course, lastly, but certainly not least, Dr. Francesco Dubrilli, who's the president and CEO of Survivors Pathway, and he deals with sexual assault issues, domestic violence issues, human trafficking. So I want to thank all of our advertisers because without them, on point original tournament would not be possible. Dr. Dunn, getting back to you, you wrote a book, uh, Black Miami, Miami, Dade County, and you talked about in that book about racial issues. Let's talk a little bit about the 1980 riots. I had asked you a little bit earlier about the 1980 riots and how, again, a black man was, was murdered, really. I don't know how else to put it. And what do you see, what do you see differently now? Do you see what I had mentioned earlier that I see more, more white people involved, fighting for justice, doing the right thing, seeking justice, you know, pleasant protesters, nonviolent protesters. What's what are your thoughts on that? Well, there was only, in my opinion, one lasting institutional change that came out of that 1980 riot that really, really made a difference and is still making a difference. In the aftermath of an all-white jury finding the police officers who were charged with killing this black man, unarmed black man, not guilty, the state of Florida, through the leadership of a black judge, a black appellate judge, who was a classmate of mine in school in Dade County, Wilkie Ferguson, who have passed uh, 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 rules of law in the state of Florida that permit race to be a factor in eliminating people from serving on the jury. And up to this time, and that's how this McDuffie jury was all white. A, an officer, a, a, uh, an attorney could eliminate a potential juror just because he or she was black. They can't do that anymore. And that came out of the McDuffie riot. That's an institutional change in the, in the system, in the judicial system that is lasting. Just think for a moment, had the six people, the six people who made the decision to release those police officers in Tampa in 1980 had been black, or if half of them had been black, we probably would not have had a riot. So that's a great change going forward in terms of eliminating the possibility that all white juries will hear cases like this. Correct. Beyond that, in terms of long-term change, I'm not sure. There's still, uh, there's still ghettos in Miami. There's still as many poor people, if not more, who are black in Miami. Uh, there's still some- there are a lot of successful uh, African-Americans here in Miami-Dade County, and we have a lot to offer. We have a lot to thank our African-American leaders like yourself, like George Knox, like Athlete Range, our first Congresswoman in the United States of America here in Miami-Dade County. Well, was no, Karen Mee. Yeah, Karen Mee. Yeah. Exactly. So we have a lot to thank for our African-American friends and leaders. Well, let me expand that just a bit. You're right, but if you look at who in the black community is really making money, who are really moving through the educational system and getting uh, top jobs and income, it's Caribbean blacks. It's not African-American blacks in Miami. It's a new black ethnic. There's no longer any such thing as a black community in Miami-Dade County. We are several black communities. And when we have these 
Caribbean blacks coming in from Haiti, from other places. They changed the nature of the black community in Miami-Dade County, which is one reason that I think we've not had riots, that we've had a more moderate response to this current uh, crisis because our black community is more diverse itself and more, I think, tolerant of the kinds of measures that have to be taken to keep the society intact, which means no rioting. Exactly. I'd be very surprised to see riots break out in Miami. Well, you know, I love that you mentioned, you know, within the African community, the Caribbean. I know our, our Haitian brothers and sisters have done wonderful things here for Miami-Dade County as well. And I can only speak for Miami-Dade County because that's I've only lived here, you know, most of my life. So speaking about that and speaking about what has happened in our world, our climate, what are some of the solutions, Dr. Dunn, uh, that you can offer to all of us today? Because, you know, you're going to be seen worldwide. You know, what are some of the healing solutions, Dr. Dunn, that you would like to suggest today for us? Okay, I'm going to spell this out very carefully. V-O-T-E. Vote. Vote. That's our hammer. That's our strength in a democracy. We can change leadership by our vote. The folks who stay home this coming November, and many of us will, they were forgotten about these these crisis moments. Those well, we could do by absentee ballot, Dr. Dunn. Well, the not the president has anything to say about that. I'm just <laughs> I'm looking ahead. Listen, Mitchell, some of the folks who are out there demonstrating now and, and waving fly putting up posters won't go and vote in November. They will the, the moment will, will will have passed for them. So all those folks who are so outraged now who don't vote in November, I don't want to be profane, but they can Go to the devil, as nicely as I can put it. Um, well, it's my opinion, again, should it be redundant that the racial issues here, race relations, community relations are pretty good. For the rest of the nation, I would like to suggest, and I know you're, you're watching us, use Miami-Dade County, my friends, as an exemplary model. Our local leaders, our law enforcement officials, they are exemplary models for the world to emulate. My God, just today, as you can see, Dr. Dunn, we had peaceful protests in the city of Miami, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people protesting, good, honest people wanting to effectuate positive change using nonviolence means. And I would like to implore upon our world today, because we're worthy, Ampere Racial Turkum is worldly. I would like to implore upon the world today to use nonviolent means. Dr. Dunn, unfortunately, our time is coming to an end. I want to thank you for being our leader, our writer, expert, our author our Naval Commander, for being who you are today. We're so blessed to have you here locally, living in Miami-Dade County. Is there a last minute message, Dr. Dunn, that you would like to leave with all our listeners, all our viewers today? Rachel, I'll tell you something about being a, a, a riot expert. It's sort of like being a proctologist. It's pretty dirty work, but someone's got to do it. I'm done. Well, just know that we value your experiences. We value your thoughts. I suggest that everybody should read your book, Black Miami Community. Is that the correct title? I remember I saw it a long time ago. Black uh, Black Miami in the 20th Century. Black Miami in the 20th Century. I suggest everybody should purchase it. You bring Thank such you, huge insight to our world, not only to Miami-Dade County, and I guess a lot of people have, have read your book in Miami-Dade County, because again, we are an exemplary model for the world. 
and how to protest peacefully. And again, I want to thank all our leaders. So Dr. Dunn, we'll invite you next time. Would you accept my invitation? I'm sure I would. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. All right, Rachel, thank all you for asking viewers out there, I just want to thank you for joining us for this special edition on On Point with Rachel Turgeman. Remember, you can go out and protest, but we must stand in peace and solidarity. We can't effectuate change. Dr. King has effectuated change from the streets. And I know, I have no doubt in my mind, my friends, that if he was alive today, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would be president today. So don't give up, be persistent. We must effectuate change. America is outraged, our nation is outraged, and rightfully so. Let's effectuate change, let's do it together, and we can and we will. God bless you all, I love you all. Please stay safe and healthy. See you soon, bye-bye for now. No, you're good.